this is Carrie Karanin, and I am an actor director in Los Angeles. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Carrie Kiernan. Carrie is a director and actor working out of Los Angeles, California, a graduate of the University of Michigan. She started out her career in New York City, where she lived and worked for 10 years before moving to LA. She works in all mediums, but over the last five years has specialized in voiceover. Her client list includes Netflix, HBO, Amazon, G-Kids, and NCSoft, among others. She has given voice to numerous characters in animation and video games and loves being a part of people's childhoods. In addition to working in the arts, she has been studying and trading in the stock market since 2015 and encourages other artists to get a financial education and have dominion over their financial future. She can be found across all social media apps under the full name, Carrie Kiernan. So I have to tell you, one of the reasons why I was so excited about having Carrie on today is you know, you hear how competitive Hollywood is, you hear how difficult it is for people to really make it in that industry. And she's really established a very solid footprint and is continuing to climb because she's just recently been included in a very large production and is extremely excited about it. I really wanted to share this with you because the journey of an actress and a director is very similar to the journey of an entrepreneur. And re reality is directors and actresses and actors are also entrepreneurs in their own right. They own businesses. So to be able to show up in a competitive market like that is really no different than the journey that we do. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear today's conversation with Carrie. She's a phenomenal person, extremely articulate and a type A personality, something that I really love. This is going to be incredible. So buckle up, my friends. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your bank account, and your life to the next level, if that sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. 
That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application error that will lead to a phone call with us to see if we're a great fit for each other. Let's do this. Carrie, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. <laughs> I, I am so excited. You know, you're juggling so many shows right now and your, your schedule is enough to cripple an elephant. And I am just so blessed that you took the time to be here with us. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's so funny. It feels so normal for me to be like, people are like, oh, you're always juggling so many things. I'm like, oh, it's, not, it's kind of regular Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm. I, I know your schedule pretty well. And I, and I have to say it makes me hold my breath sometimes. And... Oh, come on. That can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my, my schedule, I pretty much go from six in the morning to six at night, pretty much five days a week and then a few hours on weekends. And I, I never thought I met someone that kept the same schedule as me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Touche. Touche. Yes. <laughs> I'm so, probably more than a couple hours on the weekend. Let's face yeah. it. Stacey, I do think you're aware of the fact that I am a recovering workaholic. I am. <laughs> and recovering is a very loosely defined adjective for you. How's that? I mean, you weren't, yeah, you weren't really planning on me like working less, right? I mean, that wasn't really ever the goal, right? No, just smarter. <laughs> so, so I really want, I really want our listeners to get to know you because, you know, Hollywood is competitive. It's, it's a cutthroat environment. It's very similar to what entrepreneurs today go through with sales and building a business. And you are in a cutthroat industry, you know, a very competitive industry and also building a business, right? Mm -hmm. So what got you into this? Oh my goodness. I, I mean, uh, dragging my feet, I ended up in the arts. I, I kicking and screaming. I, I, I never thought it was something I was going to do with my life. It was, it was never the plan. Even when I went to college, it was not the plan. The, the plan was, you know, international business with a specialization in Japanese. And, and I, that was the plan. And then I did like 16 shows my freshman year, but it was always like on the side, on the side. And I kept like subbing in for people and, it was, it was never seemed like it was going to be the focus until it came time for me to like leave college and start my life. I sort of just I was, I was like, oh, I guess this is what's happening. And I moved to New York. So um, I would say that I definitely, the pragmatic part of me has definitely fought the, has fought the artist in me my whole life. Wow. And I just, I always wanted to be different than I was, but I wasn't. And so eventually I just, it just became, okay, all right, this is, this is what we're doing. This is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that was like, you know, that was like 10 years into my career as an actress. <laughs> I finally said that. <laughs> you know. Get over it. You know what I mean? I thought about like, get it on my system or something. You know, it's funny because so many people really resist what is so natural and and organic for them and they fight it and fight it and things things become so hard and it's kind of that moment when you surrender to what your true congruency and, and authenticity is that things get a little easier right yeah yes yes well, it's also, I think that's a, it's such a trick of the a trick of the mind that like the things that are so easy for you, 
you don't realize that they're easy for you because they're so easy for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you don't kind of think about it. You just sort of do it. You know, even right now I'm, um, you know, mentorship is something that's really important to me. So I'm training other directors to do the specific thing that I do. And I had one guy last week being like, how did you know that? And I was like, oh, I just, I, re I remember because I directed that scene. He was like, how did you remember that that was that, that that was that thing? And I was like, oh, because I just remembered it. I just remember, I just remembered. And then he asked another question. He was like, how do you know how to blah, blah, blah? And he was like, wait, 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 you just, you just remember, you just remembered it. You just have an amazing memory. It's like, yes, I do. I do have an amazing memory. So it's like, like when we're talking about like tracking things or, you know, um, any of the sort of like logistic things that happen with, with directing where I was directing a play and when, and I was like, oh, Hey, Greg, you know, in this moment when you're like, blah, 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 right now, try da, 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 da. And he was like, how did you know I was doing that? And I'm like, I'm watching you. Like my job is to watch you. What do you mean? How did I know? He's like, there's five of us on stage. I'm like, I'm paying attention. You know, but <laughs> I don't, I, you don't realize that like the things that are um, special or unique about the way that you approach something are special and unique because you're always in the room with yourself. So you don't know what the room's like when you're not in it. Yeah. I think, I, I think when we're really sitting in our wheelhouse, in our expertise, that things become so attached to us, they become easy and effortless. And, yeah. and, and it, it's, it's not really the, the, the remembrance, it's not a memory thing, it's just part of us then. Oh, I just mean that I have an, I have a really great memory. So when I was, <laughs> when I was right, he'd be, I'd be like, oh, oh, and that's going to be the thing for the next episode in the poll and the dot. Da, and he'll be like, how did you remember that? And I was like, oh, we were setting up this morning. I saw it at the bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I also can like watch content and like, remember, mm -hmm. remember, like have it all in my head mm -hmm. as long as I need it to be in my head. So I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Remember in episode two, she blah, blah, blah. in that scene with such and such. And, and like this got said, and like my actors would be like, oh yeah. I, how did you remember? I was like, well, I, I saw the episode. Yeah. yeah. My actors, I was like, well, I saw the episode. They're like, I saw the episode too, but it was like six weeks ago. How do you remember that? I was like, oh. So, you know, uh, one of the things that that I, I was really excited to talk with you about on the show is you're involved in a multitude of mediums, right? Mm -hmm. you, you do acting, you do voiceover, you do directing, not only directing from a movie perspective, but also from a video perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, and <clears throat> today's entrepreneur, they wear a multitude of hats. You know, some of them are their chief everything officers, their bottle washers, their, 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 their office cleaners, their salespeople, they do everything. And reality is you do too, because you have your operational stuff, your directing, mm. your voicing, your acting, mm. all of that. You're also running a business and running another business, which is your investing business. <laughs> How do you do it all? Um. Well, I feel like that has been a big question that, that you and I have been talking about over the last year is how to manage all of that. Because I think for a long time, and when you're in a state of overwhelm, it's so easy to feel like you're like, I don't know which child to pay attention to today, you know, mm -hmm. and it does, you can get in this feeling of like, oh my gosh, if I'm paying attention over here and I'm focused on this, then I'm like, kind of like dropping the ball over here. And I really was looking for a way to feel like when I was moving forward, like every effort I made was like, 
we're all climbing the same mountain as opposed to like, well, I feel like I climbed this mountain over here. And then I have to like kind of climb back down and then to climb back over this mountain here or to tend to that car and then climb back down to like climb this mountain. You know what I mean? I just wanted this feeling that like, okay, I'm cl- like all of these tasks are part of the same mountain and we're all climbing together. And I don't feel like I'm spread out, even though in my brain, it separates out these different tasks. Like, well, this is my stock trading and this is my directing and this is my acting and, you know, my auditions and like, this is my um, admin and, and really separating them all out and being like, oh, I'm good at this and I'm not good at this and doing this takes time from that. And I feel like I had kind of like a competition system set up between all of them and like where my energy was allowed to or could go in a given day. And so then I ended up in a cycle of deadlines, which is, I would always get the most urgent thing done, which often was the thing someone else needed from me in order to get their job done. Like I have to do the casting for this so that they can reach out to the talent so that they can book the talent so that they're ready to go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I have to take care of this so that that person has that information so they can be ready to go. And, and then you start to realize that like certain prods, things for yourself fall to the bottom. And then you also are just constantly in this, like you've created this like urgency culture for yourself. So I, a year and a half ago, this is actually right before I started working with you. And it's part of, it's a big reason why I started working with you is I broke up with my um, addiction to feeling the pressure of a deadline. Oh, wow. There was like a body sensation that I was addicted to, which was this, you know what I mean? It had tension, like chest, like it was just like this thing that was just always propelling me forward. And I thought it was the gas in my car. I thought this is, if I lose this, I'm going to drop the ball. All the plates are going to come crashing down. I'm mixing all my metaphors right now, but you get it. And, (laughs) um, and I just thought like, okay, but what, but like, what if I'm actually solar powered? Mm. Like, what if I don't need this gas? But it had been so long that I had had this like urgency deadline, deadline, because in, especially in my world, everything's a deadline. Your auditions do at three, the, uh, your, you, you gotta be in the session at 10. Like everything is time-based. Every, 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 everything is time-based. Call time, this, that, that. Um, so it was very easy to have that addiction. Yeah. And, um, and then when I let go of that, I really didn't know how to organize myself, how to organize my schedule, how I was supposed to, um, kind of like take care of this. And so that's when I had, um, talked to a friend of mine, um, towards the end of last year about, um, like where he was at and he'd worked with you for the year. And I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. You did all this stuff. And then I was like, uh, you work for the coach. And he was like, yeah, I was like, I need her number stat. So, you know, I think that this year has really been all of that and like learning how to schedule differently. I mean, I I know they say, oh, successful people don't use to-do lists. Well, I am a list addict. So even if I don't use the to-do, I have to make the to-do list so I can then like do my block scheduling Mm -hmm. or like set aside time. Any other strategy I use has for me, for my brain has to start with the list because if I don't get it out on a piece of paper, it just is a tab open in my brain. So I need it out on a piece of paper. I often like put it on a huge post-it note. So it's like there. And I just can be like, look, see, it's out. It's right there. I don't have to keep thinking about it. It's right there. I could always see it. And then I can do sort of my um, block scheduling, which is like, okay, this stuff needs to get done on this night or at, in this time frame. Um, but even then, I think, the, I think the trick is like forgiving yourself when, when you don't keep that schedule. Yeah. You know, I think when something comes up and you have to switch, it's easy to be like, oh, something came up and I had to switch, it was fine. But when you're just sitting there like, 
I'm genuinely too fatigued to think about things because I work in a business that I make decisions every 30 seconds all day long, nonstop. And there are genuinely nights where I'm like, I cannot make another decision right now. I just, I cannot do it. Mm -hmm. And I have to honor that and be like, well, okay, watch some standup. You know what I mean? Or like read a book or call a friend and just, it's going to get done better and more efficiently if you just wait and do it Saturday morning after you get a good night's sleep. And I would never have done that a year ago before working with you. I would never have done that. I would have been like, power through, stand up <laughs> two in the morning. You know I mean? like, but learning that like, just taking that little bit of refreshing, uh, what's the word that you use? Cause look, this is the workaholic being like, what's that word you use? That's like um, when you restore, right? Restore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, restore. restore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, look at me. I'm still recovering everyone. Yeah, okay. I can't remember the vocabulary still, but um, yeah, to just take that little time yeah. and trust that like, I'm going to be that much more efficient on the other side of it. So my schedule is still, um, I still work in an industry in which it is very difficult for me to have dominion over my own schedule because my work is related to the schedules of so many other people, like the actor has to be available, the engineer has to be available, the space has to be available, the time, you know, that I don't really have a lot of dominion. Like it has to get done when it has to get done between Mm -hmm. certain hours. And then how do I work with the hours I have outside of that? And so it's, 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 it's a constant, um, it's a constant battle, but having changed my mindset about like not being addicted to this like urgency thing inside of me, which I also think is kind of part of our culture, um, has really sort of helped me at least feel more like I'm in flow with that and uh, at peace with it, as opposed to like, just feeling like I'm constantly racing forward. Actually, that, that, that addiction to deadlines is really part of our most primitive DNA. And that's our fight or flight system. Our Mm. fight or flight system when it gets triggered, it, it activates our sympathetic or our parasympathetic nervous system. And that's mm-hmm. what either shuts people down or drives them. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and it, then it also triggers people towards motivation or away from motivation. See, mm. if we're towards motivated, we go towards the things we want, success, trips, you know, that, that beach body, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. that, 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 that romantic weekend, all of that is going towards what we want. If we have a way from motivation, then anytime, uh, like a lot of people will wait till the last minute to do things. And then, mm. and then it's that fear of not getting it done and the consequences attached to it that then drive them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so it's that it, it, it's, it's a great metaphor you did with, with the addiction to deadlines. And I love how you sprinkled in the, the, the self-love, the, the forgiveness, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, we're human. Unfortunately, (laughs) not robots, not Not unicorns, (laughs) darn it. We're, we're going to make mistakes and it's, it's how we navigate those mistakes. If we, if we uh, trigger the itty bitty shitty committee and start beating ourselves up, it's going to hold us back. If we turn around and forgive us, forgive ourselves and love ourselves through it, then we can step back and see 
what learnings were attached to that so that we can then lean into moving forward. So, yeah, you know, when you were talking about the, when you were talking with me about the towards in a way and this idea of like the itty bitty shitty committee, you know, um, I, like I'm always the person who like when you're like, we, you learn to love yourself through it. I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like, mm, take care of your inner child. I'm like, okay, okay. like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit prickly about stuff like that. Yeah. But um, it was so interesting that when you were sort of explaining that um, uh, to me that um because obviously every time you learn something new, you can't help but be like, oh my gosh. And you remember like every time you messed that up in the past, right? You're like, oh, if only I had known, you know what I mean? If only I had known. And so um, the idea of like going through, like it, when you're trying to achieve success, like making mistakes and like having failures along the way just is, is inevitable. It's just inevitable, right? Mm -hmm. And so this ability of like to how, how to like manage what happens when that gets triggered was really uh, was really important for me um, when you talked about um, you know when the itty bitty shitty committee starts getting you're like oh put your focus um, where you want it to be you know instead yeah. of focusing on the thing that you don't want put your focus on the thing that you do want you know and it sounds like so simple and it sounds like so like the you know what I mean but really just be able to stop and recognize it I think when you explained it to me and really gave me like actionable strategies to do in that moment that weren't just like just forgive yourself like that's a, that's a great thing to say I mean it's a great thing to say it's an important thing to do but like what does it actually mean and what does it actually look like and how do you actually accomplish it you know what I mean be like because right. if you're the kind of person who just like you know can just go down the rabbit hole like you you can't just tell a person well forgive yourself you're like I'm too busy down this rabbit hole there's no forgiveness down here it's dark you know what I mean and so <laughs> when you sort of explained it and gave like really actionable things to just redirect my attention um, it's amazing how just that alone can kind of like give space for how my brain works mm -hmm. and how my brain processes it, finds those lessons and moves forward with them, yeah. you know? And so it's, um, I, I just, I, I, I found that really helpful. And I feel like there's been, uh, I mean, we worked on that early on and then I feel like there's been like two texts over the last six months where I was like, say, say, and you were like, okay, so <laughs> put your focus where you'd like your energy to go. And I was like, nope. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that thing, that thing again. <laughs> right. You know, but it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard. Like I, I read it like a, a tweet one time. It was like, I, I, that this woman was like, I think it's insane that you're trying to get a depressed person to manage her own depression. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's this thing that like, we are having, we're trying to, you we're trying to use our own minds to like manage our own mind, you know what I mean? Yeah. That is full of the habits we're trying to manage. So it's such, it's, it's so easy to fall into loops and it's so easy to like fall into old behavior. And so to be able yeah. to sort of recognize it and have like a really, really simple strategy to just like break that loop and give yourself a moment of perspective to then like reposition and sort of refocus is, is, is so helpful, yeah. so helpful. Yeah. There's a number one rule in success, and that is when we're part of the problem, we'll never be part of the solution. <laughs> we, can't, we can't see, we can't see outside of our own filters, right? Right. Well, and that's also um, that's like, and I think that's one of the the first thing we were talking about on the on our call when, um, which was like the whole reason I enjoy mentorship and working with coaches is because 
by definition, I can only conceive of what I can conceive of because yeah. of my brain and my perceptions and, and my ability to project forward and my own like blind spots and limitations. So if I know I want to grow my life more than it is right now, mm-hmm. how do I set a goal or a vision that is beyond my ability to perceive it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't make any sense, which is why for me, it's always been so important to have someone else be like, oh, well, here's what just like just outside the bounds looks mm-hmm. like for you. You know what I mean? And then like, keep moving that little, like that little stick, like just further outside the bounds. And then, and then you really are in a position to allow the synchronicity of the universe to like show up for you and, and have all these things that, that, um, that work out in ways that you just never expected, you know, like I was, you know, going after some of my goals and the way that they showed up in my life was like, honestly, one of the jobs that came to me this year was like someone DM me on Twitter. You know what I mean? Because like someone they were talking to recommended me. And so they reached out to me and then I went through the interview process and I ended up booking the job. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, what? I didn't, what? That wasn't a strategy. <laughs> but it was because- Dwayne Dyer said, when we change the way we look at the world, the world around us changes. Well, that applies to everything. When we change the way our, when we change the way we see ourselves, other people see us differently. When we change yes. the way we speak to others, other people speak differently. Yes. So it, it becomes this ripple effect in every modality of our lives. And then when we show up differently, everything else shows up differently. And then that allows that synchronicity to become a paradox because Mm -hmm. it may not be part of the strategy. However, you showed up differently, which allowed other people to see Mm -hmm. you differently. And then next thing you know, people are talking about you in a way that serves you, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And, but you, it feels so like, where'd that come from? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I think also, I think that, I think it is so natural to feel like I put my energy in this direction, in this way, and I expect the return to come through that same lane. Like, because, and I think, I don't know if that's our our, like need for control or a need for validation or what, but I was like, if I put my energy this way, I I expect it to come the same lane. And then like, I put my energy this way and it came from over there and be like, what the heck? (laughs) Like, (laughs) it it feels, it feels incongruous. You know what I mean? Um, But I mean, delightful, but you're like, wait, but I, I put all this energy over there. You know what I mean? And, And to keep remembering that, like, it's, it's spreading out and doing yeah. its own thing, you know? It's a paradox. It's phenomenal. I, I can't remember who said it. I, I want to say it was Zig Ziglar, but might've been Ford or Edison. I, I, I don't remember. The, <laughs> the, the quote was a lot of, a lot of my competitions say I'm lucky. However, the more I sweat, the luckier I get. It's the more that we put out there in, in a higher vibration with the positive intentions, the more it comes back reciprocally. Yeah. Word reciprocally. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. How's that? Something like that. exponentially, really. Exponent. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I like you know, that word so, better. <laughs> yeah. Way better. Yeah. And a better description of the reality of the, yeah. the experience that I've had, you know, it's so interesting. I think, um, I think when I first started working with you last year, I was like, oh my God, I know I want these things that I'm saying that I want. And I'm putting in this time, effort, energy, and money towards a thing that I know that I want. Yeah. And, but now 
my biggest fear, I was like, yeah, but what if, what if I don't achieve, what if I work really hard and I don't achieve anything? And I just discover that like, really, I'm just a big fat loser, you know, and this is going to be it. This is going to be the moment. This is the moment where I discover like, oh, Carrie, your life doesn't look like what you want it to, because you're just a big fat loser and you didn't know it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that was like, that was literally like what I was, that was like my biggest worry when I started working with you that I was going to put in the work and like nothing was going to happen. You know, that's, that's a really valid internal dialogue that a lot of people have with themselves. And, you know, whenever someone says, what if it doesn't work? My response to that is what if it does? (laughs) Right. You can, what if anything to death and reality is I have a belief. We couldn't think it, dream it, see it, or want it if it didn't exist within us because our neurology wouldn't be able to attach to it and we wouldn't be able to describe it or define it which is why whenever someone says i really want this i know they're capable of it because it's it exists within them for them to be able to see it well what if we were just crazy though well there's that what if we were just delusional we didn't know (laughs) But reality is, isn't success just insanity delivered? (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite definition of success ever. (laughs) I'm on board with that definition. (laughs) (laughs) Look at, look at what, I mean, I mean, the, the, the sheer definition of entrepreneur is risk taker for financial gain, right? It's loosely translated from French. So look at what an entrepreneur will do. An entrepreneur will work 80 hours a week to avoid a 40 hour a week job. Right? Yes. So it's got to be success and insanity have got to be connected somehow. They, they must, they must. So, so question for you, you know, you're, mm-hmm. in, you're in a very competitive industry as, as are most business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals, realtors mm-hmm. are in competitive industries. Financial advisors are in competitive industries. Hollywood is, it's a very unforgiving <laughs> small town. <laughs> so, so how do you differentiate yourself from, I'll say in air quotes, your competition? Oh God, that's such a great <clears throat> that's such a great question. I think that one, one thing is I don't really think about the competition. Mm-hmm. I don't think about it. In t- I don't think about it in terms of competition. I think that that is early, early on. I realized that like, that is going to make me crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just going to make me crazy. Um, Cause you, it's easy to sit in a, in a, in a waiting room and like look around at all the other actresses and make yourself crazy about like, their hair, their weight, their boobs, their face, their teeth, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's just not that, it's not that useful for you to go in and like do your work. Mm -hmm. And the reality is um, that you, like for me, I know where my work lives. And I know that my work, if, if the, if the, if the piece is right, and the director is like pulling out the, the themes that are, that are my themes, I'm, I'm going to book it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to book it. It's my role. It's mm-hmm. my role. It's my experience. It's my collaboration. That's my person. 
Like, this is what, this is what I want to talk about. It's what they want to talk about. We're now partners, you know? And if it's not, it, it's not. And I, and I'm so close with so many other actors that it's so clear to me, like where their, you know, like wheelhouse is where their like charisma is on. It's like, highest point. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I mean, I can look at something and go, oh my gosh, this is such a Steph role. You know what I mean? Like I think of them when I read the role, you know what I mean? So it's not. And then when I see, usually when I like see the role or see them in it, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally get why they went that way with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I've had times where I've shown up at an audition and a friend of mine's come up to me and been like, this is yours. You know what I mean? Like we, like you start to like appreciate like where other people are coming from. Now, again, you still go in and you do your best and you, you know, you, and you show up as a professional because you're not just there to win that role. You're in there to win that room. You know what I mean? So that you get remembered and you're brought back and, or, you know, there's other things to be cast. I cast, so I do a lot of, I direct, I direct and cast all my own projects for, for voiceover mm-hmm. and well, really, so far, I've really much pretty much cast all my own projects for everything or had like a say in in the casting for all my projects. And seeing so many other people audition, it's so clear how like they're all valid. They're just slightly different in quality. And then me having to present to my clients, you know, my top three list or my top four list and explaining like, these are all valid. Here are these slightly different qualities. Like I'm always my focus is always on pulling out the individuality of a given person and their approach. Mm -hmm. So that sort of keeps me from having to be too worried about like the competition or whatnot. And it also makes it very, very clear to me that like relationships matter, like relationships matter because I've cast people in something they've shown up and I'm like, Oh, you don't know. You don't know what this is for. And they're like, no. And I was like, that's because you had a call back with me a year and a half ago for this other project. And the character was such and such. And she's like, Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were awesome. You didn't book that, but I thought you'd be great for this. You know what I mean? A year and a half later, like, I'm like, I got her, you know? So there's, you know, there people have a memory, like you're saying it's a small town, like, so it's good and bad, you know, that (laughs) if it's a positive thing, like you're, you're like in my soul for the next 10 years, you know? Yeah. So that's why. Um, so I think that I sort of really trust that the individuation is already happening. Like I know my work is women in a world of men and like high level spiritual peers. You know what I mean? So like that is where my work is. And um, and so that's what I'm always looking for. That's what I'm always like talking about. That's the perspective I'm coming from. Um, you know, my work tends to be very, very masculine for a lady. Like yeah. it's. Um, so, but I just, I, I, I know that I had to learn that sometimes I walk into a room and I can be perceived as very aggressive and full of knives to no, other women. Really? No, really crazy, ah! crazy. I, 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 there's definitely a, re- a different reaction to like the way men get me when I walk in a room, when women get me, when I walk in a room, when I was younger, for sure, because I was very unconscious about this. Mm-hmm. And once I became conscious about it, I was like, oh, now I know why this happens when I walk into a room got it. And I was able to like navigate that and sort of like help, uh, help my communication with these, with people to help like, oh, I know what I'm coming into the room with. How can I show up in a way that makes that more comfortable for you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I love, I love your advice that, that you never think about the competition. I, I, I really think that it gives a whole perspective to 
selling. I mean, we're, we're always selling ourselves. We're always selling something. And Mm -hmm. when we get in our head and when we worry about other people, or when we worry about what other people think about us, what it does is it, it occupies the space that's necessary Mm -hmm. for our, for us to deliver the best version of ourselves. The only competition that really exists is we're our worst competitor. Oh yeah. And when we get out of our head and into our heart and show up in a space of service where we know this is ours to lose, and we stand on a solid foundation that allows us to deliver our very best, our 100%, then success becomes easy. Mm -hmm. Sales becomes easy. The opportunity becomes yours because you're only worried about how you're delivering which allows you to focus on being the very best version of yourself at that moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. When we start clouding our, our, our visions with how's this person showing up? Are they better than me? What are they doing? What are they thinking? Or how are they thinking of me? That puts so much up here. We're incapable of delivering at a hundred percent. Yeah. And you also start to focus on things that like you can't control. Yep. Yep. You just can't, you know what I mean? So why lose? Yeah. I, it's so funny. I hear you say sales and I just remember, like, I'm like, Oh, hmm, I still have like a little, like, uh, I have like a little twitch every time I hear that word. I mean, way less than when we started, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it's interesting because, uh, and I don't know if it's, um, that I, I'm also like, I I don't really think about that word when I, when I go into situations, because Mm -hmm. for me, like for me and in my world, I'm, I'm sure it's similar. Otherwise, like I'm looking, I'm heading for that connection. You yep. know what I mean? Like, I'm right. like, oh, let me come in here and have this like connect. Let me connect with this person. Because for me, my highest value is having loving, intimate relationships with others. Like that's what, that's how I will die. Well, you know what I mean? When the moment comes, I'll be like, all right, I did a good job. If yeah. I have loving and intimate relationships with others. So I think for a long time, this idea of like sales seemed like separate from that mm-hmm. or opposite of it even that like sales are like hardcore and, and they're cold and it's just numbers and it's blah, 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 blah. You know, that I, I think I had a lot of really weird like energy around sales be like, Oh no, no, I, I actually care about you and I care about this thing. And somehow like selling it meant I didn't care or, you know, so it was very, like, I had a lot of things like really miswired in my brain about thinking about sales and selling oneself and what that means. And that was something that, that you and I really, really worked a lot on. And obviously I had my own, you know, personal um, historical uh, st- stories around that and, um, and my like inner belief systems that were, you know, unique to me. But I, I do feel like I now talk to other people in my industry and it, it's a very similar thing, this idea of like sales versus you know, like being yourself, showing up, like the, especially like art and sales are, you know, supposed to feel like they're separate and different and you can't think about them together or you can't sell your art because then your art is less or, you know, it's it's so weird how it gets like all like tangled up in this way that, and really like the way that you talk about it is like, well, selling yourself is just like being able to speak authentically into other people's line of reality to create like connection. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like, oh, actually that sounds great. Yeah. It's way better than a spreadsheet. Um. <laughs> you know, it's, 
what you're describing is very common with all levels of business people and sales professionals. A Mm. lot of people walk around with this belief, I can't sell, or they, they focus on all of these hmm, closing techniques or negotiation skills, Mm. which which is fine because we all need, we all should up-level our communication, right? Mm. Reality is there's a need, want, and desire out in the world for people's product services and solutions. And if you're the best of the best, then it's your responsibility to serve to build that connection, to communicate, to step into people's map of reality and speak into their listening and truly serve and walk them through their decision-making process so that they end up in your solution. Because if you don't, then they end up in an inferior solution and their needs, wants, and desires aren't served at the level they should be. That's that's the whole foundation of what sales is, is just showing up and serving. That's it. And so many people make it more than that. And, you know, I remember, I remember when you and I had multiple conversations about this, you know, (laughs) I, I, weeks on end. I know. (laughs) I still laugh at the time when you realized you, you were in business. (laughs) I was like, I'm not in business. I was like, Oh my God, I'm a business. (laughs) You are the business. (laughs) You're the brand. (laughs) And it was a weird thing to say. I was like, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not a business. I'm a person. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm both. <laughs> yes, you are. You just so happen to be the brand. You're the talent within the business. And, and I think, I think that's, that's an area that so many people struggle with. They've done a great job creating a job for themselves and, and they forget to run it like a business so that it yeah. them like a business. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> You know, we have a, um, we have a set like in, in, in the entertainment industry, like one of the things that people always try to remind actors of is that like, they, they, like, they want you to be great. They want you to come in and solve their problem. Like be awesome, be perfect, be exactly what they're looking for so they can stop the search, you know, and like to have that mentality going into the room as opposed to like, Oh, I hope they like me or, Oh, I hope that, you know what I mean? To like, keep remembering, like they need you. They have a problem to solve. They have to cast this role. Like they need you to walk in and crush Mm -hmm. it. So go in and crush it. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, you brought up relationships and, and I really Mm -hmm. like how, how you, how you said that what happened 10 interviews ago, even though the person wasn't right for that job, you remembered them for the next because of how mm-hmm. they showed mm-hmm. up and connected with you. Yeah. How, how have relationships helped you in achieve your status? Oh, I, I mean, my entire career is based on relationships. It's, it's entirely based on relationships and referrals. And the problem is that like with referrals, if you, if I refer someone and that person doesn't work out or doesn't deliver, that's on me. That's not on them. Yeah. The person I referred them to is going to come back to me and be like, why did you send me this person? And then like now my relationship with them is bad. Right. So it's, so it's, it's a big deal to have someone refer you to like co-sign you and say like, yeah, she can take care of it. She's got it. She's on it or whatever. And, um, and it's, it, it is a network. Like my, my first, like <laughs> my first, like full-time directing job in voiceover literally came from a text. Like I got a text <laughs> from a friend that was, I was like, well, have you ever considered direct? Would you ever consider directing? I was like, yeah. She's like, let's talk. And there was like a 98 episodes. It took me nine months. 
You know what I mean? I was like, oh, what if I hate it? What if I'm bad at it? What if you hate it? What if you hate me? What if you think I'm bad at it? What? And she was like, well, then we try to find a replacement. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I guess let's try it. You know, but, um, and so like every, every job I get is off of referral. Every job I get is off of referral and reputation. That's it. Right. You know what I mean? And like, I'm all, and I'm referring people like I, like the woman I trained, I was like, I referred her to someone. I was like, here, this person's like me. She's this, 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 and this, she's going to deliver for you. I know your level of standard, you know, my level of standard I'm mm-hmm. co-signing her, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's all, it's all relationships and reputation, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it works in the opposite direction that you're like, if you're someone who's a little bit difficult to work with, then you have to be like really, 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 really right for the role for us to decide to take on that extra mm-hmm. energy that extra energy i like how you say that <laughs> you know what i mean and if you're and, and if we can find someone who is a really 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 good second possibility we'll use like, them yeah we we'll might use that the extra <laughs> but then i'll also say that like when i when i first um like also the um in 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 my world uh we only audition for like the leads, like the major characters, everything else gets cast off of like previous auditions or relationships or those original auditions. Mm -hmm. So when I'm listening down to auditions and I'm taking notes, like if I love someone, but like, they're not right for that role, like I make a note or if I'm like, oh my God, they could be good for this other person. Oh, they could be good for that. Like I make, I have a whole system where I make those notes. And then when it comes time to cast those roles, like I go back to my notes and I re-listen to them. And often I'm pulling them from there and being like over here. There's one guy who I was like, I loved his, I was like, oh my God, please let there be a place for him in this. Please let there be a place for him in this. And there turned out to be a villain character like several episodes later. And I was like, yes. And I booked him on that. And like, that was earlier this year. And I just finished like my first week mentoring him to direct and do what I do. Nice. So, but the whole relationship started because I fell in love with his performance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and to transfer that over to entrepreneurism, it's the power of the database. You know, it's the power of, of really having a CRM and making notes on conversations and engagements so that mm-hmm. when you, when you see or hear something, you can just search it in your database and find the person. For those of you who don't know, Carrie's got this computer operating system in her brain and that's where her database <laughs> is. For us, for us mere mortals, we should use a CRM. <laughs> so I mean, it's starting to get full. I might have to do that soon. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about, about a word that's probably going to make you uh, laugh or cry. <laughs> um, okay. Let's, let's talk about control and delegation. <laughs> How has, how has holding on to control and avoiding delegation hurt you? And how has releasing control and allowing delegation help you? Oh my gosh. Well, um, wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. This year, this last six months has been like the lesson in delegation. It's interesting because I don't necessarily think of myself as like being someone who has like control issues. You know what I mean? Um, so I just, Part of it was like, I just didn't know what could even be delegated because a lot of it for me is like, I have to watch the content. I have to listen to the auditions. I have to like, I have to read the scripts. I there's so much of the creative side that like, I can't delegate that. I can't go in and direct something that I haven't read the script on or whatever. You know what I mean? I can't, you know? So, um, uh, I mean, I guess technically I could get a 
casting director, but I enjoy casting. So, um, anyway, uh, so it was like, it was like, it was like, how do I delegate? Like what, what, what can I break off? What does that even look like? I just didn't, I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily have this feeling like I have to do it all myself, but I was like, I don't know who else would do this for me. You know what I mean? It was, it was kind of that question and what that would even look like. And I got really, really so, so lucky because I know we spoke, um, when we were talking about delegating, we spoke about that. And you said, um, you know, one of the big mistakes entrepreneurs make is that they hire someone they know instead of someone who's right. Right. And I was like, okay. So at that time I was kind of like kicking some people around in my brain. And one person I was like, okay, that is definitely that situation. But then it turns out that I knew someone who her, she was, she was also in the arts, but um, her sort of day jobs for the last like five, seven, 10 years have been um, assisting um, uh, high level entrepreneurs in arts and tech. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, Monica, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, and, so I was like, I reached out to her and I was like, hey, would you be interested? And in maybe a little, she's like, I don't want anything full time right now. I was like, well, I don't have any full time. I don't have full time for you. And she was like, okay, well, maybe. And then I, and then I actually was like dumb enough to see <laughs> if I could sit down and like figure out what to delegate to her. And I was like, what am I doing? This is what she's good at. This is what I'm good at. What she's good at. Yeah. So I just like made my like weird brainstorm on this big piece of paper, you know what I mean? Color coded it for categories and whatever. I took a picture of it and I sent it to her and I was like, Hey, I'm wondering if I could just like hire you to like consult about like what my task list should look like and this and could we just maybe like talk for like half hour and then like you can take your introvert brain and go sit and think about it and do all those delicious introvert things and then like come back with like your thoughts and ideas and then we can have like another meeting like whenever you want like however long you need Mm -hmm. and she was like sure and so I sent her this picture we get on the phone she asked me like a bunch of questions you know what I mean half of which I don't even think I'm giving her answers for Mm-hmm. And then she comes back four days later with this amazing like task list with everything broken out with like goals attached to it and like mantras and blah, 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 and like dates and da, 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 and all this stuff. And she's like, I think we should meet like once a week on Thursdays for a check-in and da, da, da. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know what support looked like yeah. yeah, until I, until I just asked her to help me. Yeah. And, you know, once I realized it, like, oh, I wasn't the best person to decide what supporting me looked like. Mm-hmm. I found someone who was really good at that and had them tell me what support looked like. And then, of course, you know, her billable hours have gotten steadily larger as the year has gone. <laughs> and maybe, you know, a lot more hours she's putting in than she originally intended, but she's really enjoying it. And um, I'm really enjoying having her. I call her brain my summer home. And I love renting her real estate yep. <laughs> in her sum- my summer home. I love renting real estate in my summer home, you know? <laughs> so I got really, really lucky that I had someone because she really understood art that like when we, you know, I also valued her opinion on things so she could give like, you know, actual feedback. So I found, I got so lucky that I found the perfect fit. And then, and honestly, then I got, I started to get real lazy And just like I had her do more and more. It's amazing how much I can delegate, honestly. I've discovered I can delegate so much. I mean, I don't even fill out my own paperwork anymore. I forward it to her. She fills it out and sends it back. And you were kicking and screaming about it. I know, I know. 
I know. I I have a firm belief, you know, a very easy success equation is do what you do best and hire the best to do the rest. Well, I just thought that that meant I was being irresponsible. Mm. You know what I mean? I thought I was supposed to be responsible for everything, that that was my job. I was supposed to be responsible. I'm also a recovering codependent. I don't know if you know. I don't know if anyone in your audience can like relate to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just thought, I, I thought that that was what, I, I think the part, part of it is what, because I did not ultimately think about myself as like a business or something, like I had all these ideas about like what that was supposed to be or supposed to look like, but I didn't know what was appropriate and what was not appropriate. And you know, like work smarter, not harder. You're like, good, but like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to, so I just, I just need to get faster at these things instead of being like, oh no, I just need to find someone else to do them. Yeah. And then there's also that extra pressure of being like, yeah, once again, like the, like, oh, but A, you're like, oh, it felt weird, honestly, at first to be like, well, my assistant, you know what I mean? And I was like, God, that feels so like my assistant or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But like, so, but now I love it. I'm like, oh, my assistant, she takes care of this and she's awesome and she's amazing or whatever. And I see that like, when I started to like really um, integrate it better, other people are being sort of inspired by it. And I had a long conversation with a friend of mine who we talked about the fact that she actually keeps hiring that like assistants that don't really work for her and like mm-hmm. what's happening there and why. And I shared your advice with her or whatever. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting that like, as I've embraced it, you know, it's actually become like something that's been inspiring to others as opposed to, you know, what I thought was like, oh, look at you, aren't you so fancy or whatever, you know? And I just, it's been a really, really great experience. I think the hardest thing was my accounting was to really take a look at my accounting, yeah, get that online and whatnot, because that was definitely the thing that I thought, oh, I'm supposed to be responsible for. But I also realized that there are things that I did not want to delegate because they were my favorite thing to punish myself about. Mm-hmm. They were my favorite thing to punish myself about how yeah. I didn't get it done or I didn't do this or I was irresponsible. I was lazy or, you know, work, I work as much as I work, but if I don't get that one thing done, it's because, you know, like it's, it's showing the, 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 the true lazy person in me. I think that I just always think there's like this lazy person inside me waiting to get out, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and so it was, they were my favorite things to punish myself over. And those were the things that were hardest to delegate. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had to get, I had to let go of that habit. I had to be joyful. Yeah. And how's business now? That's really good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when a, a lot of, a lot of business owners need those checks coming in, they need finances. So you're really the anomaly. And what I mean by that is I found out that, oh, I have like a month's worth of deposits. I still have to get to the bank. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And and I really like how quickly you realize you held on to things to really spank yourself about, right? And mm-hmm. when, when we come to realizations as to, I'm going to call them our sabotage strategies because mm-hmm. everyone's sabotage strategies are unique to them, right? We all have our unique processes and behaviors. And when we can see them, we can learn from them. When we learn mm-hmm. from them, we can fix them, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so hard because it's like saying goodbye to a friend. It what's you mm. know, Stacey, the thing that is crazy to me is that 
letting go of old habits or old thinking that you know are not helpful and integrating like the new strategies that you and I would talk about kicked off an actual grief experience. I remember that. I remember that. And I was like, oh, mm, okay. Wow. This is, this is a lot, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that you can see like you, so like, I, so I can understand in that moment, I can understand like, this is why I've held on to this for so long yeah. and like, and like, and here's the saying goodbye. And you would think that you'd be so excited about it or happy about it, or, you know, you'd be rejoicing. And then you're like, oh, actually first I have to go through this grief, you know, yeah. and now I'm excited about it. I'm happy about it and I'm rejoicing, but like the, the, the actual moment of change was, um, was not pleasant. Most of the big changes I made this year were not pleasant. I either like, they either, I had like a huge grief moment or I had like, um, in, in terrible anxiety and like, wasn't sleeping for a week. Like yeah. change does not feel good in the moment because these are like real, like <laughs> things you've been carrying with you for so, so long, you know? And they're so empowering to release mm. and work through, you know, people stay in their comfort zones because it's what they know, no matter how uncomfortable it is to be there, they stay mm -hmm. there because mm -hmm. they don't know what's outside of it. And the journey yeah. to get outside of it may be painful, you know, growing yeah. pains exist. Yes. Yes. However, it's so <clears throat> worth it in the, in the long run. Yeah. 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 So, so it takes a lot of courage, you know, to try to grow. Yeah, it <laughs> does. Absolutely. So, you know, and for me, I, I, I'm a huge advocate of, of coaches and, and coaching because it, it exposes all blind spots. I have a, mm -hmm. I have coaches for every area of life and business. And, <laughs> Me and, too. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, and, and so many people attempt to navigate life and business and success blindly. And mm. I don't think they really realize how many pitfalls and landmines are out there. Yeah. Until they really get help in exposing their blind spots. Yeah, because that by definition, you don't see the blind spot. You just feel crazy because you're like, I, I'm on a loop or I ended up back up he, back here. Or I would make myself crazy. Be like, why do I keep ending up with a pile of checks that don't get to pop? Like, why is this a thing? Uh -huh. Why is this a thing that, I, you know? And so um, even, when, if, even if you start to recognize a pattern in your own life, like I didn't have any clue how, what was really happening or how to break it. I can't, I can't tell you how many times, like, I would have shared something with you and then you would start like talking about something. I'd be like, what does this have to do with what I brought up? <laughs> and you're like, I trust me, Carrie, yeah. everything to do with what you brought up. I was like, oh, well, I mean, say, see, thanks, say, thanks. You know what I mean? Because like the blind spot was so strong that even when you were starting to address it, like I didn't recognize it as addressing it. Yeah, those were fun <laughs> moments. <laughs> I bet they were super fun for you. I mean, yeah. I just understand why you're talking about this because like, what does this have to do with blah, 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 blah. You're like, everything, Carrie, <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so Carrie, welcome to the signature question of the show. Oh, yes. 
that what that is, what does selling without selling mean to you? Uh, selling without selling means to me that I am able to authentically show up as myself inside of any relationship. And I'm able to express myself mm. in a way that they understand in their line of reality. That I have enough confidence and knowledge and comfort in who I am and what I have to offer and the fact that I am delightful to be around, that I can be flexible mm. to address their concerns, their questions, their curiosities, their problems in a way that is going to make them feel comfortable and confident that I'm going to be able to deliver for them. I love that. You know, the only way you can do that is if you're comfortable and confident and transparent with yourself. Yeah. And honestly, when, um, we, when we started working together, this was, this was the core issue that I had just experienced in my business life is that I had had because of the remote working situation and a particular human being that was deliberately spreading misinformation, yeah. I had ended up in a situation where I was not being perceived as a team player by people that I love, respect, and adore. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got into like a postmortem about it that they said, oh, well, this happened. I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not how that happened. That's not what that was. I was like, actually, this is how that went down, like on location. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, and I was able to like clear up some things and it destroyed me that people that I love did not feel loved by me. Yeah. yeah. And I really needed to figure out like why that happened and how I can make sure that it never happens again. Yeah. And one of the things that we talked about right off the bat was communication was for me to understand my communication style and how it can be perceived and how I can adjust it. And, you know, one of the things was um, that we talked about and one of my like big fears about that was I didn't want it to feel fake. I didn't want to like have to like to be different, be different than who I was in order to like make the sale or whatever. Like I, it, it, I wanted to make sure that it still felt like I was me in the room. Yeah. And really working on those strategies and, you know, integrating a lot of the information you were giving me so that now when I send an email to someone, or I even like created two resumes, one's like a big chunk information resume and one's like a small chunk information resume. And I'm like, please use whichever one you feel is more comfortable for your company or for your, for the people you're sending this to, you know what I mean? I've gotten people complimenting me about it. They're like, oh, wow, this is so great that you have both of these, you know? And again, like it's the same information. Yep. It's the same like basic formatting. It's just like how to make it easier for people to hand me the thing I want them to hand me yeah. and say yes to the things I want them to say yes to. Yeah, it allows us to step into people's map of reality and speak into their listening because people who uh, give an excessive amount of detail, if they're talking to someone who just needs global information, it's overwhelming and vice yeah. versa. It's underwhelming for someone who speaks globally to someone mm. who needs details. They, they end up leaving like you were hiding something or they can't trust you because they didn't get all yeah. the information. And when you can use discernment and, dissem and, and, and disseminate who needs what, connection is just effortless.
Yeah. And mm-hmm. what's, and what matters me, like the thing I love the most about that is because it definitely dovetails right into like my central, like goal and highest mm-hmm. value, which is to have loving, intimate relationships with others. Mm-hmm. So once I was able to understand that I can have like loving, intimate relationships with other people that I'm also selling myself yeah. to, yeah. and actually to sell myself in order to properly and appropriately sell myself successfully, I need to build that relationship. I was like, oh my God, it's like, it's a perfect marriage. And I don't know why I used to think they were separate. Well, I I don't, I think that the biggest mistake people make is they assume communication happens because they're speaking. And, And, and I think what they fail to realize is that words are only 7% communication, that the rest of the communication really lands in tonality and physiology, and then mm-hmm. chunk styles and processing mm-hmm. styles. And, and, and people, people think just because I'm delivering words, I'm communicating and mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. huge mistake. Really yeah. Is. And especially like, especially through email, because I can be like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I can't wait to see what he says. Mm-hmm. And they can read it like, oh my God, that's crazy. Can't wait to see what he says. And you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 what, hold on, what time, what happened there? You right, know? right. So, um, you know, cause we, the, the, you know, it's just, a, it's a, it's a, it's a human compulsion that can happen on the other side because, you know, whatever I'm dealing with, I have to also remember that like that other person is also a human being yeah. who has yeah. like all the same things firing for them, you know? And, and I think when you go into situations where like, I want a thing and the other person gets to sit, decide when they have to hand it to me, it's easy to imagine them as like not a full human being, yeah. you know what I mean? And like yeah. that, they're just like, that they've got it and they're solid and they're, you know, blah, 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 you know? And it's interesting because I see people projecting that onto me sometimes. I'll be like, um, yeah. <laughs> still yeah. human over here, still human <laughs> over here, <laughs> you know? So, it, so it's been really interesting actually to be on both sides of that and see, and I've gotten a little bit of insight because when people reach out to me and, and I think it is their responsibility. I think it is actors responsibility to reach out to me, make me aware of them, their work or whatever, in order for, to be top of mind so they can get hired. Like I accept that that's a responsibility of theirs, but um, I've definitely discovered ways in which I enjoy it more than others. <laughs> yeah. And like realizing like, mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. Note to self, like don't send an email like that or, you know, so it's, uh, it's, been, it's been helpful for me while working with you to be on both sides of the thing so I can see what I'm doing and how it's being received and, um, and improving. And then also having people do the same thing to me in ways that I'm like, oh, this, these ways feel great and comfortable. And these ways feel actually like they put something between me and this human being. Like the person has put something between us instead of creating a connection. It's been done the exact opposite of what they intended. And so that's been really interesting to sort of watch as I've gone through the process of how to better communicate myself. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Carrie, welcome to the random round. See, I believe success leaves clues and I like to extract- Just a buzz in. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I, I like to extract very specific things so our listeners can say, you know what, I really like that. And then it allows them okay. to apply to self. So one question for you. Ready? Got your buzzer. <laughs> there you go. So what's your favorite word and why? Oh my God. I have two favorite words. Go for it. Um, synthesis. 
and synthesis. yeah synthesis so when I was uh when I was younger I was like in sixth grade or whatever we learned like this like I forget whose laws or whatever but it's a a, a thinking system right and it's uh-huh. like first one is recall like what yep. was the date who was the author you know and then like and then um it was sort of like uh it, like it had, it had six levels right yep. the fifth level was synthesis and that was the ability to take something that is like a learned processy like a, a structure or a process or a, like and, and apply it to a new environment. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of, of synthesizing, like taking, you know, um, uh, I, I'm really, I'm such a nerd for like processes and, and data and whatever. Uh, yeah. And so to be able to take like what I know over here and apply it over here and take this thing that I understand over here and how does it work over here? And like in this environment, how do I take everything in this new environment? How do I take everything I already know and everything I already have confidence in and like apply it here? How does it work here? What are the differences? What are the nuances? What's what's new about this? How does this, how do they, how do they interact? How does this affect this, the workflow in this environment? Mm-hmm. And I just, um, uh, I just, I like, for me, like, that's what really gets my like brain, like excited to be in new environments and like learning and growing and, and seeing how things I like working interdepartmentally. I like working, you know, like I'm very conscientious of like the workflows that come, you know, past me. I've done a lot of those jobs. So like, I like being a part of uh, like understanding all of that and Mm -hmm. having sincerity for the people who came before me and like, um, conscientiousness for the people who come after me. So that's like a big part of my value system as a, as a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, but like my other favorite word is thorough. Mm, I'm a very thorough person. Mm -hmm. I, um, I just, I think maybe part of it is because of this, like, it's a positive, uh, way in which like my, like need to like beat every single detail to death into the ground mm-hmm. <laughs> finds like a, a finds like a, a fertile soil that grows beautiful flowers mm. I just I um I just like to like think the whole thing through mm-hmm. and I like to like ask all the questions and mm-hmm. I like to give people all the information they need in order to be successful like I just think that thoroughness really creates an environment where everyone can feel like nurtured, safe, and seen. And that is another like really big value for me as a leader. Yeah, I love that. You know, bottom line is, is when you wing it, you get wing it results. When you half-ass it, you get half-ass <sighs> results. And thoroughness is is applicable in every area of life, business, success, and finances. The more thorough you are, as long as you avoid analysis paralysis. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the simpler success becomes. Mm-hmm. So Carrie, I can't thank you enough <laughs> for being here today. This has been as incredible as I knew it would be, as <laughs> phenomenal as I know you are. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom with our listeners. If our listeners want to follow you, how can they find you? Oh, I'm on, I'm across, I'm across all social media as Carrie Karenin. Um, I'm most active on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and, but I've, I've opened a TikTok. Let's see what 2022 has to say about that. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and can we can we divulge the big secret about about the big show you're on? Yes. Um, DreamWorks is um, New Dragons Nine Realms uh, launches on December 23rd. So yeah. And which character are you? I'm so excited. I'm playing a lot of villains. You know, since I've been working with you, I'm playing more and more villains, just so you know. (laughs) 
Well, Carrie, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule today for us. Thank you. Your success is important to me, and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this. Choice is a powerful thing, and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.